0: I am professional wrestler Chris Rex, and if you're hearing my voice, that means you're listening to the Bear of Texas podcast. What is going on, my beautiful people? This is Alex Alcazaz, aka the Bear of Texas, and welcome to another edition of Cowboys Talk, the Dallas Cowboys discussion segment of the Bear of Texas podcast. Today, it is time to do a post-draft discussion. My only regret is that I took a little bit too long to do it, but because of my hectic schedule, well, it is what it is. But you know what? I don't want to make any more excuses because a lot of my supporters always say, Alex, they say Alex at first, and they say, I mean, Bear Man, better late than never I truly appreciate the love and support from all my loyal listeners out there. It is because of you guys that my dreams are coming true and that I'm pushing myself harder than ever to work on achieving my dreams. Thank you all so very much. I love you all. So let's get right to it. I only wish that my good friend Wiley, a.k.a. the Ben of Myster, could be here to have this discussion because it was good to have him when I did the first round discussion Discussion when, uh, when the Cowboys drafted Micah Parsons. But ladies and gentlemen, like me, Wiley is a very hard worker. Like me, he's paying his dues, he's trying to work so hard to achieve his dreams, and he too has a hectic schedule. But the show must go on. Okay, so, immediately going to the second round, the Cowboys took Kelvin Joseph. You know, I'm going to be honest, I've seen so many mixed reactions based on how the Cowboys is in the draft. A lot of... Even some sports writers, even um somebody I work with, I'm not quite sure who their name is. I just know that they're part of the uh, prime time sport, uh, prime time sports talk family. They apparently were not too thrilled with the Cowboys' uh, draft picks. I even remember a, a Cowboys writer out, I mean, even you know, giving him an F. But you know that's how it is. There's always the dream. The, the, excuse me, the mixed reactions. For me, I'm gonna have to go with if, y- if y'all want my honest opinion. I feel like a B, it's probably fair. Because, you know, understandably, because in this draft, the Cowboys took several players who have had legal issue problems. But then again, folks, don't be surprised because the Dallas Cowboys, they have a history of taking players that have currently or have had issues in the past. So it's nothing new at the end of the day. So anyway, I mean, Kelvin Kelvin Joseph, the first time I'm going to talk about it, is is certainly an, an example of that. Now I'm going to go ahead and read the from the ESPN.com and also go back to the NFL prospect bio, of course, none other than Mr. Lance Zerline, NFL analyst who's a complete genius. I'm really enjoying learning from this guy, really taking notes from this guy. I really enjoy it. So if Lance, once again, if, 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 if by any chance you're listening, which I know is a shot in the dark, I thank you very, very much. I wish I could praise you face-to-face. Because it's your work that allows me to do my work, too. I love using you as a source. You are heavily reliable, and you are damn good at your job. Sir, please take a bow. Alright, so going on to Kelvin Joseph. Cornerback at the University of Kentucky. Believe it or not, he actually started his career with LSU as a true freshman. I believe played in about 11 games. Had the appearances as well but had to, was suspended for the bowl game of LSU that year for apparently, obviously, violating team rules. It happens a lot nowadays, doesn't it? Well, perhaps I should say it's always been like that, hasn't it? You know what's the tough part is, Joseph grew up in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. So going to LSU was certainly a dream for him. So, again, I was right, yeah. Begin his colleg- collegiate career at Louisiana State University... Played 11 games as a true fresh- freshman, but unfortunately, after he was suspended from playing the team's bowl game, he briefly entered the transfer portal, but would soon withdraw after he would actually participate in some of LSU spring practices. In July of 2019, he once again entered the transfer portal, and soon announced that he would be transferring to the University of Kentucky, but of course... Per NCAA transfer rules, he had to sit out his sophomore year, and in his sophomore year, he opted out of the registered sophomore season with one one game left in the regular season so he can prepare for the 2021 NFL Draft. Okay, so the pre-draft analysis says, a scheme, versatile, and instinctive corner who can play on the outside or line up over the slot and has outstanding top-end speed. He has excellent body control and can start, Excuse me, stop and start on a dime. Well, the only thing they got wrong, he says, he was the Alabama transfer. He was actually an LSU transfer, but it's okay. Sports writers even saw sports writers make mistakes. No need to t- take it out of context. No need to go out of line. But at least this guy, he almost says, an adequate tackler. That's what the Cowboys need right like there. Adequate tackler. That's something that fits the description of what the Dallas Cowboys are or have been looking for for the longest time. Because, again, it's been said many times, for the longest time, now that song by Billy Joel stuck my head, the Cowboys have needed somebody super reliable, especially in the goddamn secondary. I'm starting to have cussed, but you know how frustrated it is being a Cowboys fan and seeing a secondary be, in the words of Wiley, a.k.a. The Venomous Stare, fraud. Now, the post-draft analysis according here to ESPN. Five pass deflections and four interceptions with Kentucky in nine games before, again, he opted out of the final two games of the season. Hmm. Part of me does feel bad for the guy, but, again, because of the fact that he was suspended for the bowl game, but then again, he messed up, and I'm sure he learned his lesson. But, personally, I'm sure that even though it might still hurt him when he thinks about it, you know what? At the end of the day, Mr. Kelvin Joseph, you are now in the NFL. You are now a member of the Dallas Cowboys. So, it's time for you, it's time for you to focus on the future. <coughs> Excuse me. Now, here's the NFL analysis overview. Again, once again, NFL analyst Lance Zerline. Physical dimensions, natural athletic talent that are, <laughs> and I like how Lance says, easy to get excited about. Now, Lance does bring up uh, something that ha- it's hard to mention this, but since we are about describing these prospects in the best way possible, we have to put in everything. We can't sugarcoat nothing. The lack of experience might be a secondary concern, and of course, you know the fact that he has had some off the field issues. Again, you know that violations. It's the lack of maturity. I know that now that Kelvin Joseph has been drafted in the to the by the Cowboys in the second round. I honestly believe that he knows at this point. He knows that there's no more, there's no more room for fun and games, no more, there's like no more acting silly, no more Im- immaturity. It's now time to be a man. You're in the NFL now. You know that when it comes to your behavior, there's no, there's no room for error. Now go back to the overview. He has the length and strength to reroute and bully the early stages of the release from press to displace a sudden twitch to attack throws if asked to play in off coverage. Size and ball skills to create real challenges at the catch point, unfortunately, lacks discipline and route recognition to stay consistently connected to routes. Obviously, what that obviously means, you know, long story short is, he's got some talent, but he's got a lot to work on. He's got his struggles. Every player is like that, okay? Even the number one overall pick in any draft, as great as they are, all the potential that's possible, there's always something that they have to work on. Again, nobody is perfect. I even always go as far as saying even the GOAT, Michael Jordan himself, was not perfect. Personally, I don't know what he needed to work on, but y'all y'all get the point. All right. All right. So, and, you know, and another thing here. He, there you go. You know, another thing to compliment Mr. Lance Zerline on. Check it uh, on the overview. And I quote, while he improved as the 2020 season went on, huh, it was the game against Ole Miss showed how much work and experience he still needs. The traits and ability in run support could push him up the board for some teams while others might be turned off by the penalties and undisciplined plays he put on tape. But he finishes it either way, he has talent to work with. So, here are the strengths. Full of confidence and a little bit of edge. Fires stiff punch to hinder and release from press. Diligent to crowd catch space when running vertical with targets. Held up against Alabama with an INT and two incompletions on three targets. Displayed ball skills with soft natural hands. Consistent in finding his high point timing. Readily accepts a challenge of run support. A latch on tackler with an aggressive finish. Now let's take a look at the weaknesses. Of course, highly inexperienced, suspended for the LSU bowl game at the end of the 2018 season, had completely unnecessary personal fouls against Auburn and Florida. See, these are the things that obviously that they these these are the things that we have to know about him. But I'm sure that he knows that these things these are things he cannot do in the pros because you know, not only does your starting position suffer, you could lose that. But you can get you can be cut from the team. You may never play professional football again. Now, in another way, he gives in way too quickly to f- route fakes, doesn't find the football near the goal line, fails to read receiver and phase the route, gives way too much separation to quality route runners. Alright. Again, based on everything I've said, it's not it's gonna affect him, obviously. But I still believe that Kelvin Joseph could find success. Keep in mind, he's going he's coming in as a rookie. We're not going to expect a rookie to be explosive right off the bat, are we? The dude's got to work. He's got to develop. He's got to build. Okay. Now, obviously with the mini camp, you know, the rookie mini camp, all the mini camps, all the see, all, all the regular off-season activities before hitting training camp, he's going to have to be part of them. I mean, I'm sure for rookies it's mandatory, if I'm correct. But Calvin Joseph knows he needs to waste no time in preparing for the 2021 NFL season. He knows how terrible the Cowboys defense is. And he knows that it's, it's, it's part of it is up to him to help make that defense good again. He's going to be part of something. okay? And he's going to learn from a, lot of, from a lot of important people. I have no doubt in my mind that Dan Quinn can certainly toughen him up. But it's up to Calvin himself to understand it's time to be a big boy. And I'm sure he's already on that path. <laughs> All right. Osa Odiga... Jeez, I can't even pronounce that. Odigizua. A defensive tackle out of, U- out of UCLA. All right. Well, a little bit about the pre-draft analysis. Well, light for a defensive tackle, but plays with good pad level. Quick enough to get into gaps. He has some experience playing outside and has good length for a 3-4 defensive end prospect. Has active hands and has some upside as an interior pass rusher. Well, a good, uh, Another guy that has a potential as a, as a pass rusher along with Michael Parsons boosts more confidence in the Cowboys. Because while the Cowboys have been looking for one very good pass rusher in the last 15 years or so. The only thing better is to have more than one elite pass rusher. Now here's the post trap analysis. Finding a nose tackle might have been more of a need for the Cowboys, but Odigihizua is disruptive and played in a 3-4 scheme while playing at the University of California in Los Angeles. 27 and a half tackles for a loss, 11 and a half sacks in 43 games. Wow, very impressive. Well, he's certainly going to be uh, contending with uh, 2019 second-rounder Tristan Hill, who, of course, is coming off a torn ACL. And of course, there's 2020 third-rounder Neville Gallimore. Well, there's definitely some competition, but at least there's some big names that are going to be competing for the defensive line spot because the Cowboys' defensive line is a huge cause for concern. And Wiley and I spoke about this. The fact that our highest-paid defensive lineman, Demarcus Lawrence, only had six sacks last season. Again... And the words of Wiley, a key the venomous there fraud, fraud, fraud. It's gotta change. It's gotta get better. <laughs> okay. Well, now I'm gonna go ahead and, uh, if I can find if I can pull through my notes. I'm sorry, I, you know, I got the whole notes mixed up. I just actually rebuilt my uh, recording studio. Technically, it's not a recording studio, but. there he is there we go now I'm gonna read it off the NFL prospect of course none other than Lance Zerline he was a three okay okay so okay well there you go okay I have been, I have it pronounced cor- incorrectly so it's also o diggy Zua he was a three-star recruit out of Portland's David Douglas High School oh wow he was a three-time state wrestling champion wow well, that obviously means you know, three-time state wrestling champion. You know that tells me is that this Osa dude. Well, he's one. T- he's one tough son of a gun. <laughs> can't imagine. Uh, I can't imagine how much of a hurt he can put on on an opposing offensive line, especially if he's bigger than him. So he's the brother of former UCLA and NFL defensive lineman Owa. Okay, Owa Osa Odigizua. Hmm. Played in all 13 games as a redshirt freshman. Started the final eight games of the 2018 season. Led the Bruins with 10 tackles for a loss as a junior. Hmm. But uh, had three and a half sacks and 12 starts. Hmm. He was not voted to the Pac-12 All-Conference teams by league coaches. But they would rectify that in 2020, naming him first team All-Conference pick for his work in seven starts where he had 30 tackles, 6 for loss, and 4 sacks. All right. And this is all on the names in the, uh, the player bio. This is by Ch- uh, Chad Router. Okay. Now I'm going to go ahead and Zerline. So the overview, a, quote, tweener with combination of size and athletic ability that lands him somewhere between base and ease and three technique. He has playing experience, just about every alignment imaginable. He could be ahead of the game from a player book standpoint. Plays with excellent first-step quickness, good bend that gives him the early advantage as a gap worker and a pass rusher. Unfortunately, lacks the mass and anchor strength to handle NFL power as a full-time interior defender. However, his spirited pass rush features quick, efficient hands and non-stop movement, which makes blockers work to keep him out of the gaps. He's rarely overwhelmed at the point of attack, so more mass and play strength could elevate him beyond a rotational backup with sub-package rush potential. I really feel like Lance Zerline, how he, how, how he wrote the overview, he's really trying to... Anybody who reads it, he wants them to be excited in case their team t- took it. Now, as a Cowboys fans, obviously reading this, I'm like, wow. I mean, the fact that he's already a three-time state wrestling champion, I mean, that's already something that, that can't be ignored. I mean, keep in mind, ladies and gentlemen, I, I was once an amateur uh, wrestler. Unfortunately, didn't have as much success. I mean, had very little success, to be honest, but you know what? It was a means to stay out of trouble in high school, so I'm glad I did it. So the strengths of Osa. Experience playing every position along the defensive line. That is actually very, very fortunate. You never know when he has he's going to be moved to a defensive end. Huh. Uh, plays with disruptive energy, consistent forward movement. Shoots lifting hands into blocker's shoulders for early leverage. Keeps eyes planted on ball carrier through block engagement. Always hunting for gaps... ...and edges, non-stop effort, and will keep working until he leaks through. Plays with excellent pad level with ability to dip under redirection. Wow. Impressive. Let's check out the weaknesses. Huh. Urgent pass rush, lacks focus and control. Gets ahead of himself and rarely sets up his counters. Will end up on the ground too often. Knocked around while doing a battle at point of attack not able to rid himself of blocks very quickly. Well, obviously, like I said, there's the pros and there's the cons as well. Now, knowing he's going to be someplace where he's going to be competing with other defensive linemen, the motivation's got to be there. Like, he knows he's going to have to work very hard to earn that spot. I mean, that's that's how it is with the Cowboys or with any of the team. It doesn't matter what round you were drafted, no matter what, you have to earn your spot. The same things gonna go with Kelvin Joseph, and the same things gonna go with Michael Parsons. I will guarantee you that. <laughs> but I'm excited. I'm excited about this guy. I really am. Really can't wait to see. I mean, he, this dude can go from 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 the dude like from the ultimate underdog to actually becoming a well loved player. But that, ladies and gentlemen, remains to be seen. <laughs> now, keep in mind, I'm not going to go through every single draft pick. I'm not going to read out through the entire thing, but looking at Chauncey Goldston, I don't know why, but I, I can't help but feel excitement for this guy. According to the pre-draft analysis, he's got the size, length, and strength to set the edge adequate job of getting off blocks and he wraps up on contact flashes the ability to get to the quarterback with active hands and effort but he has average burst bend and closing speed <laughs> hmm. well you know i should mention it's the first time since 2012 the cowboys first four picks have been based on defensive players i think it was the first time since 1982 with the cowboys first um i think it was the first six picks for six picks where well, actually all the players were defense I remember that, if, if I'm correct on that hmm. well, the defensive group is definitely getting crowded because you know Demarcus Lawrence Randy Gregory Terrell Bash and Brent Urban which were all both were signed in free agency hmm. yeah it's definitely great you know of course it mentions in the post draft analysis my, if, if Michael Parsons is used as a rusher at times man well there's a lot of names out there for uh, defensive coordinator Dan Quinn to use he even says in the post draft analysis, Dan Quinn believes a defense can never have enough pass rushers. I mean, he, he he could be right. There's always room to have always another player just to keep the you know just 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 to add more room, just to keep the momentum alive. But I do want to read this. But I do want to read this man's NFL draft prospect profile. Again, all right. Oh boy, you know, it's just so hard, you know, sometimes going all through the notes. Sorry about that you know unfortunately <laughs> having a little bit of difficulty you know because because I, I had all these you know I have all my notes saved on my computer and of course you know when the this thing doesn't come up well that certainly causes problems well anyway what I'm gonna go and go ahead and move on fortunately my know my, my, my I don't know, I don't know what happened but but Chauncey Goldson really just just to uh, finish that Chauncey Goldson really seems like he's got potential. He's the defensive end out of <clears throat> out of the University of Iowa, so and, you know, I, I, I could I really couldn't I really couldn't find anything negative, you know, it, even when the draft was made, so huh. But the fact that he, you know what the pre-draft analysis I think says enough in this case the size length and strength to set the edge Adequate job of getting off blocks, and he wraps up on contact. Still, so. I think we should leave it at that. And again, so, sorry for this uh, little up right here. And just say you know, I think from now on, I should I should just have the notes all written on a piece of paper the old-fashioned way. Don't trust the computer. When the Cow- see the count was the third-round pick they got from the Eagles when they traded down. <laughs> N'ashawn Wright. I never, I you know, I this had this had me scratching my head. But at the end of the day, I'm not going to say that the, the dude is not is not going to succeed or the he, the dude has, you know, he's not good enough whatever because, you know, I'm not going to judge the book by the cover. I mean, I'm going to be honest. I, have, I haven't even watched Nishan Wright's uh, tapes, you know, while playing at Oregon State University. All I know is from what I've read in these draft analysis like that. And it says here in the pre-draft analysis, he's a tall and lean corner with long arms and good speed, above average ball skills, and a good upside as a press corner. Not overly fiscal, so it does mention that. But adequate wrap and drag tackler, run support, and after the catch. All right. Definitely something to read on. But, you know, again, you know, we're just going to have to wait and see. Because we don't know. We really don't know. But I'm not so sure exactly why. I mean... Everybody really, you know, really gave the Cowboys a lot of crap, you know, for, for drafting this guy, but, I mean, at the end of the day, like, well, obviously, you know, we, we those times where we didn't get, they didn't get exactly who they wanted, well, I just pulled up uh, Nashawn Wright's, uh, <coughs> excuse me, a player bio on the NFL uh, prospect uh, page, so Wright was a three-sport star James Logan High School in East Palo Alto, California. Hmm. Started his career at a junior college, Laney College in Oakland in 2018, where he won the state junior college title in his only season there. Four interceptions and three pass breakups. Transferred to the University of Excuse Me to Oregon State University in 2019. Led the Beavers with three interceptions, 34 tackles, two pass breakups and 12 games. In 2020, he tied for the team with two picks and started six games, 30 tackles, six pass breakups. Okay. Well, I think now I know why people are obsessed because according to Lance Zerline, his draft projection, I mean, Nashawn Wright was apparently projected to be a, a, a seventh-round pick. Now, according to the overview, he's got bad speed, but he's got above-average instincts and shows some ability to squat, burst, and smother shorter routes from off coverage but he needs help over the top because his recovery speed is lacking he doesn't have the instant acceleration or agility to stay connected with NFL route runners which will limit his scheme fits well it's unfortunate but it's unfortunate he seems like he's got more weaknesses than strength but let's take a look at some of the strengths at least long and athletic in the air High points the jump ball like a whiteout. Fast feed help him pounce on top of throws. Trout, uh, excuse me, tracks and attacks the 50-50 ball. Instinctive with plus route recognition. Okay, and more of the weaknesses. Well, uh, his very thin frame and skinny it was skinny hips and legs. Transitions from press coverage lack smooth and quick acceleration. If he gets behind, he stays behind. He, has, he does not have the agility to stay connected with complex routes. Needs better eye balance to keep the quarterback in his sights. He gets pushed around by blockers. And is a grabby tackler. The last thing here, he will go for rides against NFL running backs. So perhaps all of this is 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 the reason why everybody was not so happy about it. For me, well... Now that, that I've read, like, yeah, the, the Cowboys definitely took a necessary risk drafting this guy in the, in the third round. But, in my case, you know, if I'm going to be the way I am, if, if I'm going to be do the right thing and be objective, all I can do is just wait and see. Like, we'll see what he does in minicamp. We'll see how he, if, if he makes it through training camp or, you know, if he makes it through the preseason. If the guy doesn't make the team, it is what it is. Okay. But at this point, you know, the the draft is uh, the the pick was made, so there's really there's really n- not much farther to go on. All right, so the the last one I'm going to talk about again, I'm not I'm, you know I don't want to bore the hell out of you guys and, and walk through walk through them all, but I'm going to take a look at Jabril Cox. Well, another another LS, LSU guy we we take. You know, sometimes you know, I always say if we take a dude out of LSU, we should be uh. We should be excited, shouldn't we? Alright. <coughs> well, there we go. My notes yeah, oh, there we go. And this time I was able to find my notes my notes quicker. Uh, starting off with a pre-draft analysis. Cox is extinctive in zone coverage, fluid matching up in man and flashes as a pass rusher. He's a Rangy. Run defender with good closing speed. Okay, he was a transfer from North Dakota State. Good length. Of course, there's room for improvement when it comes to getting off of blocks. (coughs) (coughs) Excuse me. Now here's a little bit about the player bio. Oh, he has an ACL injury. He's junior in high school. As a senior, he was all-district pick. He played quarterback, receiver, linebacker, defensive back. Oh, wow. Richard, registered his first season at North Dakota State. He became a second-team All-Missouri Valley conference pick and a conference freshman of the year when he had 75 tackles, 13 of which were for losses, 4.5 sacks, and 3 pass breakups. A two-time Associated Press FCS All-American for the North Dakota State Bison, garnering third-team honors in 2019 where he had 92 tackles, 9.5 for loss, and 5.5 sacks, 6-packs breakups, and 15 stars. Hmm. Well, wow. It really seems like this dude really worked his way up. Because it says at the beginning, again, according to Chad Router in the uh, overview... His recruiting rankings were a bit lower than they should have been when he was coming out of Rayton South High School. Again, it was because of the ACL injury. Well, okay, so he played in 2020 season, and you know, you know, went to the SEC, playing for LSU, the highest level of college football. Wow, started 10 games, intercepted three passes, one of which was 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 returned for a touchdown. 58 tackles, six and a half for a loss, broke up five passes. Hmm. Definitely had a great year at LSU. <laughs> now here's the overview. Okay, th- th- that was the player bio. Now the overview is, hmm. Check this out. The o- and I quote, the only difference in studying his tape from North Dakota State and LSU is that Cox looks substantially more explosive than everyone else on the field for the Bison. He looks like he fits right in with the athletes at LSU, though. He'll be- need to be placed in a scheme where he can play proactive, attacking football, rather than getting bogged down as a thinker. He is extremely fast with verified playmaking traits and credentials. His cover talent could help him quickly get off the- get- excuse me get on the field. And When it comes to diagnosing, he's below average and using his hands as well, which can put him in recovery mode at times. However, the traits and talents should be enough to overcome the issues and help him make a solid three-down starter within the first couple of seasons. (laughs) Oh, look at the strength. Excellent worth ethic, and it's accomplishment-oriented on and off the field. Willing to play play through pain. Outstanding field range with explosive closing burst comes from backside linebacker spot to make tackles near far sideline. Agility to make sudden change of direction and pursuit. Capable of playing quickly off the block and making a tackle. Pocket navigation and acceleration to become a dangerous blitzer. Sticks and runs with pass-catching tight ends and coverage. Instinctive and reactive when spot-dropping. Finished college with 26 passes defended, including 9 career interceptions. Impressive. Now, taking a look at the weaknesses... Lacking patience necessary to decipher misdirection. Loses pursuit leverage and occasionally overflows cutback lanes. Needs to become more aggressive taking on blocks. Gets outside shoulder covered more than he should. Inconsistent reading lane choices and blocking scheme. Doesn't appear to be very quick pro- pro- processor from inside. And early play quickness limited by excessive thinking. Well... You know, much like the first few guys that we took that have all that potential, he's got all the cool all the great potential he's he has. But like I said, as great as he is, there's always something that, he, that needs to be worked on. And this dude has has many to work on. But so does Mike Parsons again. So Jabril Cox is gonna be okay. I feel like he could actually make an impact for this team. But again, much like everybody else. He's going to have to earn his spot on the team. He's going to have to prove it to himself. He's going to have to prove it to the coaching staff. And this guy, Josh Ball. Well, unfortunately, after the Cowboys drafted him, I heard something about him that I really had hoped not to hear. But to say that Josh Ball had some off-the-field issues would be an understatement. Now, Josh Ball, if my research is correct, started his career at the at Florida State University, but had problems, you know, with uh, you know girlfriend issues. Apparently, going as far as that, you know, even you know domestic violence issues. I mean, I I don't know where the whole thing goes as as far as I know, but apparently, he's another player with a with a troubled past. You know, and, and for what I read, he was accused of dating violence. And he was even suspended from Florida State University. And you know, like I mentioned already, the Cowboys have a history of taking players with troubled pasts, okay? And it even goes like, you know, dating violence. You know, a woman even went as far as filing, you know, for legal protection. You know, the whole, even alleged physical abuse. As, as far as I'm concerned... I can't... I I, I can't dig, dig, dig too deep because, look... He's gonna have to deal with what he did, All right. Now, obviously, the, it, it does not look good for the Cowboys because if the if it looks in the situation with you know the Cowboys took a guy who, you know, again you know d- domestic you know domestic issues or dating violence or you know, whatever you want to call it. I'm not. I don't know where he is as far as that goes. Uh, this was from when he was at Florida State because when we, the Cowboys drafted him, it was out of Marshall. So I'm getting so you know obviously you know and from the thing from what I saw is uh. After leaving Florida State University, he went to a junior college and then transferred to Marshall. So, whatever the off the field issues are, you know, if things get worse, then obviously the Cowboys will have to do something about it. Now, I assure everybody that I'm not ignoring all these accusations, but in my case, you know, or in Josh Ball's case, whatever the issues are. They need to be resolved, and if he needs to be punished for what he did, then then so be it. What I'm trying to say is, as far as Josh Ball goes, ladies and gentlemen, whatever happens, happens. All right. So the pre-draft analysis has him a tall offensive tackle who gets into position and walls off defenders in the run game. He has the long arms to push speed to push speed rushers past the pocket and the foot speed to mirror inside moves when his technique is sound. His footwork, unfortunately, could be a bit inconsistent as he lunges at times in pass protection. Okay. Well, again, but but so far, you know, you know, some of the reaction I saw is is that you know, no matter, despite the uh, off the field issues, you know, the dating violence. I mean, it seems like this dude's a very good player. Now the question is, you know, if this whole thing with his domestic issues is truly resolved. If it's all in the past or whatever, I mean, we better hope that this that it stays like that because the Cowboys are not going to be able to deal with this kind of stuff, you know, now that, now that he's with them. And I should mention, aside from that, hmm, the 2020 first-team All-Conference USA selection, he started eight games at left tackle. Though he was ejected from the Conference USA Championship game against the University of Alabama at Birmingham, for incurring two personal foul penalties. He did not play in the team's bowl game opting to prepare for the NFL draft. Again, started his career at Florida State University in 2016. He was a redshirt freshman in 2017, started the final nine games at right tackle. Again, suspended in May 2018 by Florida State University for again for again dating violence. And he eventually left the team. He went to play at Butler Community College and then moved to Marshall in 2019. Started one game at right tackle and 13 appearances. Okay. So here's the overview. Of course, it starts out. He was a a four-star recruit who, again, initially signed and played with Florida State. And then was suspended in 2018, again, dating violence. Left the school. And then like that, and you know we all know the rest of course the character needs like i says here and i quote while the character will need to be vetted thoroughly the football potential is clear to see on tape ball has just about all the physical and athletic traits teams could want out of a left tackle and he brings a, fi- a finisher's demeanor he plays with consistent bent and strong hands but needs to consistently center up on the block to prevent defenders from sliding away he has foot quickness to handle speed rushers and a stiff, jarring punch that can slow the rush planned way, way down. Huh. Okay. But that's not all. Check this out. He needs to mix up his hands, attacks, and the leaning, over setting, or he will be, get countered all day long. Well, that's one thing he's got to work on. From a football-only standpoint, Ball could become an early swing tackle as he acclimates to jump c- competition. And he could become a future starter at left tackle. You and, know, and, and as I and as I was reading this, you know, as I was taking the note, notes again, you know, as I'm reading this, you know, the video pops up, and I'm glad I I got all the uh, I, I got I have those videos on mute, so I don't have to disrupt it. But Ball really does play well. So here are the strengths right here. Again, I I, I just can't thank enough Lance Zerline enough. For, for just, you know, for providing, you know, the, the best notes out there. Thank you, Lance. Desired pro blend of size, length, and athletic ability. Natural knee bender with fluid movements. Quick, rhythmic pass slides gain proper depth. Punch is sudden and snappy. First step quickness to gain positioning advantage in run game. Can get to all the angles to reach, seal, and recline. Sustains his blocks with big, strong hands. Runs feet through block and is an angry finisher. (laughs) I like that. (laughs) Angry finisher. Like a professional wrestler. So the weaknesses, obviously. Needs to work with better inside-out leverage. Late weight shift to outside foot at the top of the sets. Could use more diversity in his punch approach. His weight gets too far forward in past sets. Could use better play strength at the point of attack, and he doesn't always center up when fitting into first contact. Well, he's gonna have his chances to work on that. With the Cowboys, in the Cowboys' offensive line situation, Josh Ball knows that these guys, the Cowboys, are counting on him, and he's counting on himself to find a way to work hard to earn a spot on the team. Now, I, again, I understand a lot of people are not happy with the pick because of the fact of, you know, the dating violence at Florida State University. Again, I don't know where he stands right now with the whole situation. I, I don't know if, if everything's been dropped, if the whole thing's been resolved. Like I said, if he's if he's still in trouble for it and something happens, he's going to have to pay for it, okay? <laughs> but if this dude, if Josh Ball, you know, from, let's say from now, and I'm, I'm sure he's arrived in, he's, he's, he's arrived. Excuse me. I got I'm sorry. If he's arrived in Dallas by now, which I'm pretty sure he has, he knows that he's gonna have to stay out of trouble because he knows getting in trouble again is certainly gonna ruin his chances of playing for the Dallas Cowboys. But the Cowboys offensive line, and based on what I've read, the Cowboys could use him. I'm I'm not sold on the fact that he's gonna be a starter. I mean, he he could definitely be a starter eventually, and I'm sure he's gonna play some snaps. He's probably gonna start games in the preseason. Provided, of course, that the preseason does take place. But I know that this dude's going to have to work his way up. He's going to have to start at the bottom and work his way up. But that's how it goes for everybody. But the Josh Ball guy, if this dude really helps the running game and helps the block, you know, protects Zach Prescott, helps with the run game, then this guy is what we need. Okay. I mean, look at these other names. Quentin Bohana, the defensive tackle out of Kentucky. Another defensive tackle in Israel Mukwamu, the cornerback out of South Carolina. And then the Cowboys got another offensive guard, Matt Farniok, in the seventh round out of Nebraska. <laughs> like I said, I'm not going to talk uh, talk about all of them. But there's one guy. The last guy I want to talk about is the right receiver out of Stanford that they took. Simi Fehoko. Huh. Well, dude went to Stanford, so... Guess that means he's a very he's a very smart guy. Keep you know as as far as I know, like I said, when it comes to going to Stanford, it does not matter. You you have to be a, a great player, but your grades do matter. I mean, Stanford's not a school. I mean, you could, in my honest opinion, you could be the best player in the entire nation and high the best high school player in the entire nation. If you're if you want to go to Stanford, if your grades are not good enough, you will not go. Of course, you gotta be, you gotta have good grades to be the best player because you know you gotta pass your classes to play. But if the grades are not convincing enough, you don't get to Stanford. So according to the pre-draft analysis, a big target with very good time speed for his size. Tracks the ball well, and he makes over-the-shoulder catches. Flashes the ability to make contested catches, but he also drops balls that hit him in the hands. It's tough being a wide receiver, isn't it? But I I, I don't know what to... uh, I mean, I'll be honest. I was actually surprised that the Cowboys did take a a wide receiver. Because that was one of the least of my concerns. Because, you know... What I'm surprised is that here on ESPN, it says that a tight end was actually needed. I know we needed a safety, and that's what we failed... Like, we did not address our safety concerns. I know in the second round, when we got Calvin Joseph, the dude that I wanted, the dude out of TCU, uh, Trayvon Morig, I mean, the the Las Vegas Raiders, you know, swiped him from us right right before we could take him. And the same thing happened, you know, with Patrick Sertain Jr. Right there, and then the Broncos steal him, and then after after that, our next desired guy gets stolen from under our nose right before our turn. Damn it, man. Damn it, damn it, damn it. (sighs) But anyway, this guy, Sammy Fehoko, from Sandy, Utah. He's the cousin of former NFL player Alfred Papunu. Several other cousins of his have also played college football. In 2018, played only in four games as a reserve. He had one catch for six yards. Showed promise the next year when he led the Cardinal with six receiving touchdowns, setting a school record with 23.6 yards per reception. Wow. That year, 24 catches, 566 yards in 12 games with one start. Garnered first-team All pack 12 honors after posting 37 receptions, 500—excuse me, 74 yards for receiving yards. Averaging close to 16 yards per catch and receiving three touchdowns in six games, four of which were starts in 2020. <sighs> hmm. Uh, this, I mean, Simi. Me, you know, am I, I. I gotta go back. Okay. Yeah, Simi. You know, I, I think the Cowboys, you know, the wide receiver core might already be crowded, you know, with Amari Cooper, CeeDee Lamb. Michael Gallup and all those guys, you know, the the dude Noah Brown. I'm not sure if he's still on the team, but or if he'll still be, but I, I I'm sure that you know the, the semi Fehoko. You know, that, that's why I'm really hoping that there's a preseason because Semi Fehoko, and, and I'm looking at some of the tape, you know, from the excuse me from the combine and from his playing days, and the dude's pretty good. Again, one more time, taking a look at the strengths. Highly coveted blend of height, weight, and speed. Expected to test well with speed and explosion. Football runs through branches of family tree, used outside and from the slot. Speed to climb past cornerbacks. Leverages opportunity for easy crossface with his stem. Footwork and body control for sudden catch adjustments. Above the rim talent with strong hands giving life to jump, battle, jump ball battles. Focus and athleticism to bring acrobatic grabs. Look at that—that that right there. Key word right there: acrobatic grabs. If this dude is so athletic that he could do acrobatic stuff while catching a football, well, not only this is, could this dude make the team, but hey, this dude could have a bright future with the team. Bright future with the team, and he can certainly entertain the audience. Now, the weakness is, obviously, he needs to go into press release without dancing. Very average sink and break hips and feet on second level. Trudges through break points underneath. Needs Salcio response to physicality at the top of the route. Fails to use ball tracking as mechanism for proper positioning. Possesses good size as run blocker, but had missed opportunities. And take the National scout for NFL team quote he's going to be a great tester and he's going to be way faster than you probably think well then you know what i hope he is faster than we think and better yet i hope he's better than what we think i don't care that he was drafted this low this low i don't care that he was drafted in the fifth round we've seen fifth round draft picks succeed let me remind everybody richard sherman was a fifth-round pick from Stanford University. Now, I'm not saying that Semi Fajoko is Richard Sherman, but you all get the point. Now, I know there's already a crowded receiver room, but Semi Fuhoko I'm sure can do well. If he can impress through training camp, impress through preseason, he's going to be part of the 53-man roster. Now, the guys I spent time talking about, I think, obviously, most... I think the one... who, who the question is, you know, Nashawn Wright, he's obviously the head-scratcher, but aside from him, I know that everybody else can certainly make the team. I'd be surprised if any of them didn't make it. Now, again, as far as Nashawn Wright goes, I'm not going to say just right now he's not going to make the team, even though a lot of people honestly are convinced that he's not going to make the team. I'm just going to be patient. I'm going to see what I can do, like, between now and training camp or, you know, the preseason, I'm going to see what I can, you know, to keep, to keep covering him, to see, you know, how he's doing. I mean, if the dude, if the dude impresses and you know makes the team and even manages to get a, a starting spot, which is again a shot in the dark. I mean, we're gonna have to give credit to where credit's due. But as far as Nishan Wright goes, we will see. So, about, uh, as far as the post draft goes, well, the draft is over. We addressed it. We did address some must needs, especially with the defensive line. It's a shame that we did not get a tight end. Uh, excuse me, not a tight end, a safety. I, I'm honestly kind of sad that we didn't get to do that at TCU because I really, I really wanted the guy. But and, and, and I and from what I'm told, actually, this, the, I think the news came out last week that one of the dudes that we signed in free agency, who was with the Falcons, uh, Keanu Neal, I believe the name, according to Dan Quinn, Keanu Neal is actually going to be play is going to be play as a linebacker. So. And you know, and, and I should mention that Layton Vanderesh's fifth year option will not be picked up. I think Leighton Vanderesh is honestly probably out, he's probably on his way out of Dallas. Yeah, so the, it's good for him to, like I said, the Cowboys have declined the fifth year option on on linebacker Layton Vanderesh. And another source says the Cowboys face decision in twenty twenty two, Jalen Smith or Layton Vanderesh, because both of them really have just not been very impressive lately. As far as that goes, well, if the Cowboys have to make the change, well, they better address the need. So that, that's all I can see. But now that the draft is over and we're past free agency, it's time to focus on the offseason. And I really hope the Cowboys have the full offseason. I, I just hope that there are no disruptions like last year. Okay. The, the Cowboys need the whole nine yards rookie mini camp, mini camp, offseason workouts, everything, including a full training camp. It needs to happen. That's how the Cowboys needs to prepare. After the dreadful season last year, the Cowboys have a lot to make up for. They need to do better in 2021. Even though realistically, according to Wiley, they're probably going to win. They're probably going to win four games. I'm not gonna say that just yet. I mean, you know, obviously this. I'm not. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna go like, well, they're gonna win 13 games. Pfft. I mean, it's hard. It's it's really hard to take you know them seriously as far as winning games go, but. I just want to see at least some positive thing happens. Even if they win five games, but if, there's a lot, if, there's, if the defense is a whole lot better than last year, if there's actually better things going on this year, then at least that's a bit of a step in the right direction. But as far as winning the NFC East goes, I don't think that's going to happen. Ladies and gentlemen, Cowboys Talk is available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, and YouTube. Thank you very, very much for listening to me today. And I will see you next time. How about them cowboys?